In the beginning, the English-speaking congregation had no choir. And Terry MacArthur appeared in the wilderness, <laughs> proclaiming a vast repertoire of ecumenical songs. And people from the whole Genevan countryside and the whole world were coming to the Lutheran church to sing with him and to stomp on the floor and struggle with languages they didn't know and learn to count in seven, eight time. <laughs> okay, that's not exactly how it happened. But Terry did just kind of appear in our community 32 years ago now. The congregation had been around for decades before that, and of course there was always singing here as part of worship. Much of the music heard around here back then came from a Western Lutheran background. There is a well-used set of green hymnals in the back of the sanctuary to attest to that. And it makes sense, of course. The church was founded by Germans and that's the tradition that was known best. So there was always singing in worship and occasionally somebody would pull together an ensemble for a Sunday or a special event but there was no consistent established choir. And then one day, this American Methodist pastor showed up to work as the worship consultant with the World Council of Churches. He just sort of appeared in town, as people do in Geneva, and at the urging of Stephen Larson, the pastor here at the time, Terry paid a visit to the Lutheran Church not long after he'd arrived. He felt at home in the services, and kept coming back, and then one day, at least as I remember hearing the story, he said, you all don't have a choir. Why don't we start one? And so it began. Terry's full-time job over at WCC was to gather songs from communities all over the world and to help churches sing beyond the boundaries of their familiar hymnals. The ecumenical movement was blossoming in wonderful ways, including around music. People were discovering that one key facet of being in relationship as churches was to sing one another's songs. And Terry was working in the thick of it all. One of his tasks was to help organize something called the Ecumenical Prayer Cycle, which you might have heard of, a resource to help churches sing across cultures and pray throughout the church year. So on a voluntary basis, Alongside that day job of enabling churches throughout the world to sing one another's songs, Terry started pulling together people here in this sanctuary. 10 or 20 at a time, depending who was around, to sing in the No Guilt Choir, to sing for worship services in our congregation. It was inevitable that our repertoire was going to change and expand as well. And the rest is history, really. The choir sang songs from many cultures and languages and traditions. New songs found their way into our congregational singing. The prayer cycle began to shape the weekly services. And little by little, worship here became more ecumenical, more reflective of the diverse cultures present in Geneva and in the congregation itself. The whole world didn't actually come to the Lutheran church to sing, but sometimes it felt a little bit like it did. Terry's work with the World Council eventually ended, but he stayed on in Geneva as our Minister of Music. And for 32 years now, 
Terry has been leading this congregation in song, this congregation that is constantly shifting and changing. <clears throat> How many people have sung with Terry over the years as part of worship services here? I wish I could tell you, but it is certainly many thousand, coming from an astonishing number of nations and backgrounds and traditions. I imagine that many of them sang something familiar with Terry. That is one of the beauties of the prayer cycle, that if you're here through a whole year, you're bound to sing something that sounds like home for you, no matter where home is. And I'm virtually certain they all sang something unfamiliar for them as well. You will not only sing things you know when you sing with Terry. That's a given. So that is certainly one of the gifts that you have given this congregation over generations now, Terry, helping us to sing, sending us out into the world with songs both familiar and new in our mouths. But if you have spent a little bit of time in this congregation, you know that Terry's ministry goes way beyond providing a service, way beyond simply providing good music for all of us to sing along to. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness with a proclamation, and Terry's ministry has been one of proclamation too. The way that he has led us in music has said something profound about God. Terry has proclaimed to us that God is bigger than any one tradition. Most of us grew up in contexts where church music had one particular sound and feel to it, where we learned what worship is supposed to sound like. And Terry, Sunday after Sunday, has showed us that worship most definitely does not sound like just one thing. That song from the Caribbean that sways in 5-4 time, well, Terry reminds us that it moves like the waves of the sea, rocking back and forth in the rhythm of grace. That orthodox chant with the endless bass drone that goes on for 64 measures? Well, Terry reminds us that those low notes, long and stable, evoke eternity and the sureness of God's presence. That song of praise from South Africa that you can't help but clap along to? Well, Terry reminds us that standing up to injustice and marching for the freedom of all people can also be infused with deep joy. Each song, no matter where it comes from, is an opportunity to worship, to offer praise, to glimpse the vastness of God in a new way. God is always bigger than the tradition that we know best. Terry has proclaimed that truth to us again and again. Terry has also proclaimed that every voice matters. Those of you who have not been a part of the choir at one time or another may not know this, but under Terry's direction, a good portion of every single choir rehearsal is always focused on rehearsing the congregational music for the next Sunday, the stuff that everybody else is going to sing anyway. Choirs don't always do that. Many simply work on pieces to perform themselves. But with Terry, the choir is always there to enable the community's worship. So we learn the songs that everybody else is going to sing. Because if the choir knows them and sings out boldly, the rest of the congregation will sing better as well. 
You can catch that same conviction in the way that Terry leads here every Sunday. You are not meant to be a spectator here. You're meant to lift up your voice and join in. And that says something. It says that no matter where you're from, or what language you speak, or whether you know how to read music or not, or whether somebody once told you that you can't sing, you are part of the gathered community. And you are meant to lift up your voice and join the song. Every voice matters. Terry has taught us that. And he has proclaimed to us very convincingly, I would add, that there is joy to be found in God. It is there in the way that he leads songs. It's there in his laugh, which never seems very far from bursting out and shaking the rafters. And it's there in the way that he approaches the Bible itself. Take the Pentecost story, for instance. How many times have you read that story, Terry, over the years? <laughs> Hundreds, who knows? <laughs> and yet there's always something new to be found there. I'm guessing lots of you watching out there might have memories of one or more Pentecost Sundays in this congregation. And you might remember the Pentecost Sunday just a couple of years ago when, under Terry's direction, the worship committee tracked down a box of confetti cannons. There was fair warning given before the reading began and when we reach the moment where a sound like the rush of a violent wind comes upon the disciples, the cannons went off all over the room with this loud bang showering the whole room in rose petals. But it didn't end there. In that same service, we also heard the story from the Gospel of John where Jesus breathes the Spirit on the disciples. And here, instead of bursting out of cannons, more rose petals just silently drifted down from the balconies like feathers, gently falling on the congregation like a blessing. It was a breathtaking moment, and yet one more occasion for joy. Like John the Baptist, Terry showed up with a proclamation, pointing all of us to the bottomless riches of our faith in the incredible diversity of ways that it gets expressed. I will tell you that I was not so sure about these texts that were assigned by the lectionary for today. They are beginning texts. The first verses of Genesis and the first verses of the Gospel of Mark. And we have an ending on our minds today. John and Jesus are just getting started in this reading from Mark. And Terry's about to enter some very well-deserved rest. It seems like a reading that's better suited to the beginning of a new job than to the conclusion of an old one, right? Maybe so. But scholars have long puzzled over the first verse of Mark's gospel. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It's a little bit strange, right? I mean, of course the first verse is the beginning. You don't really need to say that, do you? That verse could just as easily read the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And that would still tell you what the book that you're about to read is all about. It would still make perfect sense. So why the beginning? Well, maybe it's to say that this whole book, 
everything Jesus is going to go and say and do, every illness he cures, every injustice he challenges, every grace he speaks, every forgotten person whose dignity he names. All of it is just the beginning. The real story is yet to come in the lives of those who will be called to follow, washed in grace and empowered with the Spirit. And Terry, that is what your ministry has shown us time and time again. That what we know and have experienced of God is just the beginning. There are always more songs to learn, always more prayers to be prayed, always more insights to be found, always more joys to discover. What we know now is just the beginning of the good news. It is always so much bigger, so much richer, so much more abounding in grace. There are a whole lot of people out there with stories of how your ministry has made a difference in their lives, Terry, and I'm sure you're going to be hearing from many of them in the weeks and months to come. What I have shared this morning is just the tip of the iceberg. So know how grateful we are for your ministry and for what it has pointed us to again and again, the unfathomable, inexhaustible love of God. We keep on singing. It's just the beginning. Amen.